Welcome in to the studio abroad, I guess is a way to put it. I'm Tanner. Ethan's on the line, coming to you from East Lansing and Morgantown. It's the Spartaneer podcast. Tanner Lambert and Ethan Hunter here. And Ethan, you know, I called you this morning, and just to hear your voice, it, it made me smile. I'm juiced up. I'm ready to go, pal. Oh, you as well. You know, it's been it's been quite a long time since we've done this. Um, a lot has happened since then, and we're going to try to make this a little bit more regular, you know, talking about sports, talking about whatever else uh, comes to mind, and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I, I can't wait. You know, it, it's been too long. We did it over the summer uh, weekly, uh, and, you know, then in the fall, I didn't really have the ability to do this sort of thing, but now we've got some studios set up for us to be able to get this thing going. So we're definitely going to continue forward with it because I think it is a really, really fun thing to do, and it's a good way to get a different kind of look at sports across the country with two different perspectives coming out of two different places. Um, right. I was about sort of to thing. say, who has this, who has, uh, who has West Virginia and East Lansing, you know, two separate, uh, who has this kind of perspective here? I don't know of anybody that's got a Spartan and a, and a mountaineer on the line, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be fun, man. And, you know, we, we, we got a lot of talk about today. We, we text, uh, fairly often, I would say, uh, just yeah. about things going on, you know. I, I'm down here doing a lot of stuff on the radio. You're up there doing a ton of stuff with the Big Ten and that sort of thing, and it, it's really, really cool to see you continue to be successful, I think. Yeah, and we were just talking about how many games you call, you know. It's, uh, it's a busy time, but this is, uh, this is what we want to do, you know. Yeah, th- th- still, this, uh, this is what's important, though. Come on. Right. I think we... Uh, we found journalism together in a way you started like a year before me in high school, but it's just fun to see, you know, where we've, uh, where we've come to in our journey. And I think we've got about 50 more years of journey in us. So <laughs> it'll be <laughs> exciting to see where we end up as well. But for now, I, I like where we're at. Yeah, me too, man. It, it, it's been awesome. You know, uh, not so awesome. Uh, you know, our basketball teams, maybe, I don't know. Uh, it's been a little frustrating at times down here for sure this season. Uh, I, I don't. I, what what is the feeling up there in East Lansing about Michigan State basketball? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously you want to win a couple more of those uh, more of those big games. Yeah. Um, it's just hard. the Big Ten has just been cannibalizing itself all year. You know, we have. Uh, we have Rutgers doing well, which that makes no sense. We have Northwestern doing well, which also, I mean, that makes even less sense. Um, Purdue is obviously at the top. And then, you know, we were able to beat Iowa. We got beat by Indiana. We got beat by Northwestern. We beat Rutgers. So it's kind of just been going around. And, uh, you know, it's really anybody's. We're tied at six and five for fifth in the Big Ten with four other schools right now. So, it's going to be interesting. We have kind of an easier schedule coming up. Um, we have, uh, we've got uh, Rutgers in MSG on Saturday, so that'll be a good watch um, in New York. Uh, then we've got Maryland, Ohio State, Minnesota, so hopefully we can uh, pick up some wins there. But I don't know. It's like the record is showing a little bit different than the vibe here. I think we're feeling a lot better than we look. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've been battling injuries with Malik Hall and Jade Nakins, but 
I don't know. I, I kind of like where we are right now. I think we're going to sneak into the tournament and be deadly, but you know, yeah, everybody's just kind of everybody's just kind of hoping for next year when we have that number three recruiting class in the country that Tom Izzo brought in. That's going to be the real final four push. Yeah, you know, that's that's very interesting to me. Um, as far as you know, we're very similar in the fact that we both have two legendary coaches, right? And right. so. You know, West Virginia, we've had a couple down years in a row here, and last year was the worst of it. But this year they start very well, and then you start Big 12 play here in Morgantown. And, I mean, good God, the Big 12, <laughs> you want to talk about the Big 10 cannibalizing itself? The Big 12 is just the best conference in America and then some more, right? I mean, you, you can look at yeah. the out-of-conference wins for the teams in the Big 12, and you're like, that's a lot of top 25 teams. That's a lot of teams that are at the top of their leagues. And then you look at West Virginia, who right now is 2-7 and seven in the league, and you're like, oh, that, that doesn't make sense. So is Oklahoma. But then Oklahoma beats the number two team in the country by 30. Right. And, and you're like, oh, oh, what is going on? So, you know, we've got Oklahoma coming in to Morgantown here on Saturday. And oh. it, it, it's wild, right? West Virginia, they, they beat Auburn at home, and then they, you know, turn around and you go on the road and – you struggle again, and it's like, come on, you know, you just got to get into the tournament, I guess, as, if you're a Big 12 team. And West Virginia is one of the last four in the last time I looked at bracketology. And right. they are, you know, sitting here uh, second to last in the conference in the Big 12. And it's like, wow, okay, that's how it's going to be, right? You know, th- th- this is a West Virginia team who in November beat Aub- or beat Florida, excuse me, by 30. And Florida beats number two Tennessee last night by 10. And you're like, oh, my goodness. So... For us down here, you know, if you're short-sighted, you're thinking, well, this team is struggling. But then you look around the country and you're like, well, they've beaten a ton of other really good teams. And you're like, okay, maybe it is just it's the Big 12 and that's how it's going to be. You know, you play Bill Self and that's how it is. And I have my thoughts on that. So, um, but, you know, you you beat these other teams and you're like, okay, all right, I I guess. You know, and West Virginia has never really been – truly truly out of any games they've played this year it feels like you know they played Purdue in November as well out at the Phil Knight Invitational where they beat Florida and they had Purdue uh down to a four-point lead with under two minutes to go and nobody's really played Purdue tighter than that other than I think Rutgers who ended up getting them right so yeah it's definitely wild college basketball has been really fun that's not where we wanted to start today so we'll 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 circle back to college basketball here in a little bit we're going to talk some hockey yeah um, yeah. I posted a flashback episode in, in the feed here on the Spartaneer podcast, which you can subscribe to on all your podcast platforms. And it was the flashback to old John, John Blue Jacket signing over the summer. Yes, that was a big day for us. And, you know, I think we recorded that just a couple of days after, or maybe the day after. Um, it, it ended up being almost a week after because I had the, the swimming champs for my team. Right. Right, and we I talked came, about that as well. Yeah, I came into it with no voice, and yeah, I don't think it would have mattered if I had, you know, champs or not, because I would have had no voice either way. I was, I could not believe that we right. got, you know, Johnny Hockey here in Columbus, and now this season, you want to talk about injuries? Yeah, <laughs> Ethan, I don't know if I've ever seen a team more injured than the Blue Jackets this season. Uh, yeah, I know, and it's been, it's been tough for them to pick up anything. I mean. I, I don't know. Part of me, part of me just feels for like all of the players that we've had to ask to step up, you know, into the starting lineup that isn't really ready. They're kind of getting, you know, I I almost feel bad for like Kent Johnson, who just got thrown into like one of the top lines 
you know, after not having played, you know, NHL hockey for <laughs> any time at all. Right. You know, and we're asking, I mean, there's way, there's more players, you know, that I feel like should not be on a top four lines of an NHL team, but that's just the reality of it. And I really feel for Johnny Gaudreau, who has to <laughs> sit through this after choosing us, you know, 14 goals on the season. He's, you know, that's not down for like a third or two thirds of his pace from last year. So I don't know. I think that, you know, what would really help out next year, Tanner? What's that, bud? I think that would be Connor Bedard. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that sentiment. Um, <laughs> I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket, but when you look at the NHL standings, uh, the Blue Jackets are at the bottom. They've got 34 points right now, and yeah. the next team closest to them is Anaheim with 37. Uh, or no, they're tied with Chicago, excuse me. I'm looking at conference standings, not or division standings, not conference. So they're tied right there with the Blackhawks, and... You know, you you don't know how the ping pong balls are going to go, but there's a big difference between finishing dead last and second to last. And as far as your odds to win the lottery, it's about an eight percent chance difference. Um, So that's a that's a that's definitely a huge huge difference there. And when you look at this Blue Jackets team, you know you don't want to root against them. At at least we don't. um, Being from Columbus and that sort of thing, you know, it's the hometown team. But man, is it hard to watch them some nights. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I watch a lot of games, right? And I watch a lot of Blue Jackets hockey because I love Rimmer and I love Jody Shelley and all of those things. And they yeah. make the game a lot better. But you sit there and you watch them some nights and you might not even get a full period of them really going. And it, right. it is it is brutal. You know, for example, I, I'm you know fairly close to Pittsburgh. So the Jackets were in town in Pittsburgh and I went up and – there was eight other fans that were rooting for the Blue Jackets. I don't know if our good friend Ben Keller was or not. I didn't end up seeing him. I assume he was. Yeah, um, he was. Okay, good. So there might have been nine of us. And <laughs> Johnny Hockey scores exactly one minute into that game, and you could hear uh, nobody cheering but the nine of us that were there. <laughs> and then after that, that's all we got. We got one minute uh, out of that game. <laughs> it was John Hockey doing it himself. They ended right. up losing that one four to one, right? You give up four unanswered. And that's and that's just one example. And that was a month and a half ago, almost now at this point. And it's like that. That's what it's going to be down the stretch. And you know, the, they're in Edmonton and they're in Calgary about two weeks ago. I think they take them both to overtime. They wind up beating Edmonton. But you're like, okay, guys, you know, uh, let's let's not win every game now, um, right. and, and that sort of thing. Because it's like at this point, there's no way you're making the playoffs anyway. And it's a lot better right. to finish dead last than it is to finish in the middle of the pack. Right. That's the hard thing. It's hard. I've never really wanted a team that I've been watching to tank before, but that's just the sad reality of it all. Um, it's, it's hard to, it's just hard to wish poorly against your team, but you know, in this instance, I just, you just got to look to next year. You know, um, I, I went to two games over the, uh, over the break, uh, capitals which you yeah. know how that you didn't <laughs> expect that to go well yeah and um and the stars we lost them both i think both teams scored seven on us yeah so um and you know the blue jackets didn't score more than four in either of those i think it was four and two so it's it's a tough watch my dad has uh has is in a group of season tickets with some guys so he has four season ticket games a season um with like 10 other guys and he has yet to see a Blue Jackets win in his two years uh, with them. 
So he's up to he's up to like zero and six, I believe. Uh, oh in man. Seats. So oh, man. He, I think he's got a, I think he's got another. Maybe it is another Capitals game or something, uh, and then one more to finish off the year in February, but or in the end of February. But I. That's that's the tough, and you know the energy is just. Not, I feel like it was not how it usually is in uh, in nationwide arena. It's just it just feels a little bit dead. Well, you know, over there at the Schwide, though, they continue to sell out games. I mean, yeah. the the other night it was a Tuesday night game. I don't even remember who they played. I dump it out of my mind as soon as I possibly can because they're right. all so ugly. But the, you know, they've got almost eighteen thousand people in there every night still, and. People want to talk about Columbus not being a hockey town. That that is completely untrue. They're selling out a high state women's hockey defending national champions. By the way, yeah. high state women's hockey games are sold out continuously. A high state men's hockey draw very good crowds over at the shot, and then back yeah. at the Schwide, they continue to fill up nationwide every single home game. And right. this team, uh, you know, this city, I should say, and the fans. We we deserve a winner at this point, Ethan. When you look at the major four sports, I read an article. I think it was even before this year, and uh, it talked about the most unsuccessful franchises yep. since 2000. And uh, the Blue Jackets are number one on that list. They have uh, one playoff series win to their name. They swept the Tampa uh, Bay Lightning. That was one of the most right. fun weeks of my life. Yeah, that was however, however, that is all they have. I think if you add up all of their playoff wins, it amounts to eight or nine total wins in the playoffs. And that's just games. That's not right. series or something like that. That's just playoff games won. Right. I mean, it, 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 is, it is just extremely, extremely frustrating. And I, you, you don't even know what to do at this point. And so it's like, yeah, try to get Bedard, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Because the I mean, cap is so full, too, because you have so many big contracts, right? You, you're paying Boone Jenner quite a bit of money, although he's really turned his career around. Uh, as far as points per game and that sort of thing, you know, it used to be out there yeah. just kind of making things happen, a gritty guy, but he's really become a much better center. Um, but if I Boone agree. Jenner's your best center, you're not going to win that many games. I love Boone Jenner, but it's just, you know, he's not McDavid, Crosby, any of those guys for sure. Yeah, so. I mean, he'd, he'd be a great, like, line two center, Yeah, something like that, you know, just making things happen on the – Third, third line, maybe just making things happen on the off ice, you know. But well, I, I, and we, I feel like you know Columbus isn't going to bring in another elite talent unless you know the Johnny Gaudreau marketing tour can kind of kick off or something. But well, you know, it's crazy too because you see everybody say, "Oh, Columbus was my favorite place to play and live in when I was in the league." You see more right. and more of that now. You know, Ken Hitchcock. He was the coach here when Rick Nash and then they made the playoffs. They get swept by Detroit and all that stuff. He said it the other day. He said Columbus was the favorite, my favorite place I lived when I was coaching in the league. And you yeah. see all this stuff, and you're like, well, where is this narrative coming from? It, it, it's the <laughs> national media and that sort of thing. And it's really, really frustrating because it, it really doesn't seem to be true. And you see all of these guys right. say, yeah, I did love my time in Columbus. And we've just not been able to build a winner. And I feel bad for Brad Larson. This is his first job in the league, and it's it's not gone great for him to start. Last season, no. they over-exceeded expectations, and you thought you had Gaudreau. Okay, this team has a chance to make the playoffs. You're way ahead of right. schedule. And maybe they would have if they stayed healthy. But, Ethan, they're drawing guys up. I mean, they have entire games where the entire defense, besides one or two guys in Gavrikov and Goodbranson, are all guys from the AHL. 
and yeah. you're fielding the Cleveland Monsters out there, and you're playing the Washington Capitals, or you're right. playing the Penguins, or you're doing this sort of thing. You know, hockey's not the sport where if you have a good quarterback or you have a good point guard or, you know, anything like that, you know, it, it one guy can't make 15 guys better. It doesn't work like yeah. that. He can make two or three, maybe four guys a lot better because he's out there on the ice with them. But when he's not on the ice, he, you're not feeling that impact. And, and you know, Patrick Line has been really banged up this season too, and that's been frustrating. Um, you've seen Kent Johnson kind of play well, but the kid's 19, similar to Cole Sillinger, 19 years old. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild. Igor Chinikov, one of the young bright spots, he's been out for a while. He's supposedly yeah. coming back here soon. All of these sorts of things, and you're like, good Lord. Uh, there shouldn't be any expectations for this team, and you don't want yeah. to root against them again, but they really need to, to have a really nice pick in this draft. And they say a lot of, you know, the top 60 guys in this draft could be NHLers. Okay, fine. But, you know, we're, we're, we're done sitting around and waiting at the same time. Right. Like, right. The, 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 you, you've got to get this thing moving. You've got Line A here. You've got Gaudreau here. You only have Line A on a four-year bridge deal, and this is the first year of it. So now you're only going to have three years left on that contract. I mean, you, you've really got to get things moving here, and, and they've been unable to do it. It's been frustrating to watch. Um, any final thoughts on the Jackets before we move to the league as a whole? Yeah. You know, the there was an ESPN Plus article that just came out about, you know, where all the all-stars stand right now and Johnny Gaudreau is in the might play with Connor Bedard here so I think that nationally nationally that's just the that's just the narrative that's going on right now and yeah I just I I wish that things were different but I think either next year or the year after that is the year that we're really gonna have to figure something out you know money ball it a little bit maybe put together a quietly good squad and I just like to get back to a you know, two playoff series victories would be get would back be, to it. We've never had it. No, I know. I'm <laughs> saying get back to one so that we can have two now. Yeah. That's, uh, it's sad that that's all you want, but you know, I got a blue jackets sweatshirt for Christmas and every time I wear it around here, everybody clowns me. Yeah. And but, you know, everybody's a red wings fan around here and that's not much better no. in the past five years or so. But, no, but one thing that I really wanted to ask you about as we move into the league is uh, your thoughts on the Canucks trade, the uh, Bo Horvat trade. Well, I think that Bo Horvat was done being there. Um, yeah. You know, the Canucks is a much larger discussion with what they've done this season. Um, you know, I've seen Thatcher Demko could be moved as well. Uh, they obviously fire old Boos Boudreau, which I think yeah. was, what they did to him was completely immoral and unacceptable. And it's really, really unfortunate because he's a really good guy. And it's not being talked about enough what happened to him and how they knew he was going to be fired and they kept him on for a month because they right. had to wait four weeks for Taka to be able to come in. And, you know, at some point you're like, let that guy go. You know, it's not like he is a new coach in the league. He's got four decades coaching in the league and you do something like that to him. I mean... It, it it was unacceptable, and they're going to have to completely restart that franchise. But when you look at the Canucks, they've already got forty three points. You know they they're right. not out of the sweepstakes, but they might not even have a top five pick. So right. they, they've got to start moving things around and getting things going because it's been so bad. And 
when you mention the Islanders, that's where Horvat ends up. You know, they've mm-hmm. very, very fallen off, right? They had the year they went to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. Last year they missed the playoffs. They had that crazy start to the season where they played the first 18 games on the road, and then now you've got a and then they, you know, they had some COVID stuff, and then they, you know, there was no digging out of that hole. They move on from Barry Trotz, and they bring yeah. in Lane Lambert, and now they've they've not been able to do anything. Um, and, and they've got a lot of stars on that team. You know, you add Horvat to Jean Gabriel Pajot, you got Matt Barzell up there, and that sort of thing. They've got a nice defensive setup. I think you know Samsonov is back there, um, and it's just been uh, abysmal in, in in New York or up on Long Island, I guess I should say. Um, yeah. and so they try to get Horvat, but uh, the Canucks, good Lord, dude, I, I don't even know what to say about them. I, yeah. I, I can't I gotta, believe it, I guess is what I can say. Yeah. I got a friend here that's a Canucks fan and yeah, she was crying at the, <laughs> just a single tear, but, um, you know, something like that, you know, your star player being traded away and then, having to I don't think they're going to have a captain for the rest of the season either no. so that's just ruined your entire season not that there was much of a season already um but and you know JT Miller I don't think people really like either so I don't yeah no that's really interesting to me I'm a big JT Miller fan from when, yeah know. I've heard that I've heard that they don't that uh, no I know I've seen a lot of that and yeah you know he's yelling at his teammates on the bench and this sort of thing he's calling right. out the fans and all this stuff and he's on the first year of a pretty big deal and uh, he's fallen off as well as far as his play goes um, and so no it's it's wild it's wild in Vancouver um, it, 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 I mean. I get, I, you you just don't even know what to say because it's like what what in the world is going on right. up there and they're so far away that it's almost out of sight out of mind I think for right. Vancouver you know it's similar to Seattle sports I think yeah. in, in a lot of ways and a lot of those West Coast teams hard to remember that they're even there sometimes right you're like oh the Canucks are in town okay and <laughs> uh, I mean but that's you know they're all you know if you're a winner I guess it's different too. Um, yeah, and, and you know when you look at the league right now, the the Kraken are already leading the Pacific. They've got fifty three points. They're tied with the Kings right there. Or, sorry, sixty three. I got contacts in. I can't read. Um, contacts in. Yeah, it's a little blurry. Uh, That's a new development for you. No, it's. I mean, I just. I I try some days. I got some new glasses. They're killing my head. So I'm trying to mm. fix it. Not have a headache all day. Um, can't read the screen anywhere. Is that, yeah, I think it's. It doesn't sound like it's working for you. No, no, I, I, I can see. I just can't see digital, so it's fine. It's six. It's it is sixty-three. Okay, yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Okay, and the Golden Knights are one point behind at sixty-two. Yeah, so. um, and the Tight Golden Pacific Knight, Division. The Golden Knights have not been as good as they thought they were going to be. Stone's been hurt a lot in Vegas, yeah. uh, but you know, Kraken second year in the league. They're already leading their division. Blue Jackets twenty-three years old. Okay, fine. Um, <sighs> Yeah, that hurts, doesn't? It? But but you it know, does hurt. The, the the craziest story I think in the league is Boston. Yeah, that's what I I really want to talk about Boston, and just what they've done this season. Are they are they your pick for? Uh, you know, we're in the All Star break now. I think this is a good time as any to pick a pick a a postseason favorite. No, is Boston your team? No, no. Really? You know, I'm not going to go against Tampa Bay. You can't pick against Tampa Bay until they lose. I mean, three straight trips to the cup final. 
Yeah. They 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 played Boston two weeks ago. They beat Boston. I I'm not worried. I, I've got my Braden Point jersey on right now. Okay. I, <laughs> come on. No, I, I'm not worried about the Lightning. Um, they turn it on once they play in the playoffs. But Boston, I mean, when you just have a start like that, you know, it's similar to what Tampa did when they ended up getting swept. But Boston's already got as many right. losses as Tampa had that season. I only think Tampa lost seven times in regulation that year they yeah, won that's... the President's Trophy. I mean, they, they were the best regular season team of all time. And right. Boston's trending in a direction similar to that. Um, but Boston just lost to Carolina as well. And, you know... You can't put everything on, you know, a game in January. But I think that they do a lot of things well. And the goaltending they've got, um, God, his name is slipping my mind right now. He's the old Sabres goalie, Olmark. Olmark has been yes. exceptional, right? I, I think he's your Vesnia favorite for sure. And Boston is really good. And if they're going to win one, it's got to be this year because I don't think they're going to have the money to pay Pasternak, and he's going to be gone. And, right. Um, uh, that know. would be a, that's a that's a reality that's an NHL reality that I'm not ready for I think is <laughs> Pasternak not being on the I will celebrate that what are you talking about what are you well no me me too oh. he's been he's been one of my least favorite players for a long time but if he's not on Boston I don't know right I mean hey c- come over here buddy yeah I'd take anybody and I mean I'd... that's <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah funny. no. Boston's been on top of the league, you know, by far. The Hurricanes, the Devils have been a little bit surprising, I'd say. You know, they're finally coming together with that young Jack core. Hughes, yeah, kind of leading the pack there, and you know, that just proves that a young core can, you know, succeed. It's just all about who you draft. So, if you've right, gotta... you, you've got to hit on their picks because then you look at the Rangers right below the Devils there, um, right, and, and and the Rangers. You know, they got the first pick overall. You know, uh, Capo Cacao, he's not been great. Uh, Brian Hayes has not been great. It, it's right. Panarin doing it. It's, um, you know, uh, oh, God, what's their captain? I, I hate the Chris Kreider, he's been really good, you know. And, and yeah. you know, they've got Igor back there, and Igor is a really good goaltender. And uh, defensively, they've got some really nice pieces uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, yeah. But they're, they're underachieving, I think, as well. There was talks of Gallant getting fired. Uh, and I, I think that that's wild. Um, they're still a playoff team, though. They're still yeah, right in there with I, it. I think that people feel like they're really underachieving, and, and they've sort of been better as of late, but I, I think people expected them to be, you know, top in the East come All-Star break right up there with, you know, Boston and Tampa Bay and Carolina, who were all the favorites coming in. Um, yeah. I don't put any stock into Toronto. Uh, I don't know if you Yeah, do. you really can't expect anything out of that. I you, you, Yeah. I mean, Our, this hey, this uh, if, right before the playoffs last season, we had a. I came on your podcast, which was kind of the precursor to all of this, um, and I called in and we had a good conversation about our uh, our expectations. And I was high on the Leafs, you know, and obviously that didn't work out. Despite them being one of the best teams in the regular season, they just could never turn it on in the postseason. So no, I mean they they have won. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004, Ethan. Uh, we were, what, a year and a half old? So, no, yeah. I, I, you know, they're similar to Tampa in the fact that I'm not going to put any stock into them until they win one. And yeah. I'm not going to take any stock out of Tampa until they lose something. Uh, right. Because, you know, Tampa was kind of similar last year into where their standing was coming into the playoffs, and they had to play Florida. And they, uh-huh. they beat Florida in five games, you know. And, and 
Florida last year was a much better team, I think, than they are this year. Um, yeah. I think Florida has been disappointing. Uh, they have, you know, some talent there, but their defensive setup has just been a struggle. They had to trade Mackenzie Weger to bring in Kachuk, and it's been a mm-hmm. problem for them that they did that. And, you know, once they get into the playoffs, goalie Bob, we know what he is in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, not yeah. good. Not good is not what that good means. Not good at all. Um, yes. your wild card right now in the East is Washington and Pittsburgh. They're trying. They've got such old cores. You know, they're about to be done, I think. They're going to have to both rebuild quite a bit. But Pittsburgh, you know, they've tied up Latang and Crosby and Malkin again for another four or five years altogether yeah. with the three of them. And I don't know, you know, sentimental, yes, I guess, but – as far as winning on the ice, I don't know what that's really going to get you. Yeah, I think that'll always make you, you know, pretty good. But pretty good is not going to win a championship. And no, I, I don't. I feel like the people of Pittsburgh, like I would take pretty good right now, but I feel like Pittsburgh, you want a championship, you want a Stanley Cup, or at least to, you know, a conference finals appearance. And yeah. You're not going to, with an aging, I feel like young hockey is just like the, I feel like that's the winning. Yeah, they're the oldest team in hockey as far as average age goes. Right. And they're only right. going to continue feel, to get older. I feel like that's the blueprint. It's just, you know, some some sort of uh, four years is a long time. What's Sidney Crosby going to be, like 40 at that time? Right, almost, yeah. So, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and the since I'm up here, got to mention the Red Wings. Yeah. Just – that is the team that I feel like Detroit sports fans put. Well, I mean, a lot of rallying went around the Lions this season, but you right. know, if, yeah. if they were going to pick one to be good, I feel like a lot of people had hope in the Red Wings, and they've been okay for a Detroit team. You know, uh, they're <laughs> still at the second, second to last in the Atlantic Division, but coming out of the break, they've got uh, the Oilers twice, which. You know, that'll be tough. But the Flames, the Canucks, the Canucks, the Flames, and the Kraken. So they're just on That's a wild sequence. Yeah, it's they're on – they've got the first three at home, and then – They go out west and just play, play them again. Them, yeah, they that's, play all of them again. That's really an interesting, huh? It is interesting. That's a scheduling thing that I have not seen before, but – No. Um, yeah, so – I feel like they've got a chance to pick up two thirds of those games against the Flames and the Canucks, you know, and the Oilers is going to be a test. But they're, although they're second to last in the Atlantic, they're, they're still only, you know, six points behind the Sabres. So, right. They're certainly not out of it. So, you know, the deadline's coming up. That's a team that could make some moves. I agree. And Iserman is, you know, in my eyes, he's one of the, one of the better strategists i don't know at least in detroit he's definitely the best gm so well yeah i mean he's the one who built tampa uh you know right. julian Brees is in there now but he built tampa and left on his own accord to go home to detroit right. where you know he was the captain and won some cups and whatever right yeah, um, one of the best players of all time yeah and so you know he's back there now in detroit trying to build that up and you know i think he's made some mistakes but overall he's done a pretty good job but you know there's talks of larkin moving on um Right. It's wild. He's going to come to the uh, Columbus Blue Wolverines is what I think our team essentially is in Columbus. It's all Michigan guys because there's talks <laughs> of Wawrinski wanting to trade up and go up to Detroit to play with his former teammate. 
But hey, mm. Zach Wierenski, Kent Johnson, you know, uh, who else we got? We got a ton of guys from Michigan. Nick Blankenberg, former captain. Come on, give, give him a call. Bring a number one I'm, center down. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Jackets are going to be able to move some money around, I think, here at the deadline. They're going to get Gavrikov out of town. Uh, I think that one of the goalies is going to move. I wouldn't hate for it to be Elvis, but I don't know if anybody's going to take that cap hit. Um, <laughs> Just to get him yeah. off the books because I, Elvis, uh, oh God, that's a that's a long conversation. There's a I lot. Know. There's Somebody a lot of we were there's a lot so of, close to the heart. So close to the heart. Yeah, but. I mean, you, you you remember we went to games where I had the sideburns cut out. I I was dressing up as Elvis going to the games and yeah. We, there's a picture of us yeah. together. With, yeah, we went to that game together, and you went to a lot of games like that actually. But yeah, I did. I mean, because, you know, his rookie season, he was terrific, and then they yeah. give him some money and stuff, and then, you know, everything off the ice happens, and he's just not been able to recover since then, I don't think, um, which has been yeah. frustrating, too, for the Jackets at a 5.5 million AAV. That's a brutal number for him. Uh, let's yeah. go out west again, look at the top of the standings out there. We mentioned Seattle already in the Pacific, but it's the Dallas Stars, who I have a yeah. lot of love for. Um I love Rick Bonus he, when he was there, and they move on from him mutually, and then uh, they bring in, I think it's John Hines who's down there now. If I'm wrong, let me know. Um, and the the Stars have finally put together what they wanted to with Sagan and Ben, and then they have the, the young guy, Jason Robertson, who's just an absolutely terrific player. Rope Hens has been awesome. Miro Haskinen has been awesome as well. And then back there, goaltending, you've got Jake Ottinger, who has also been terrific uh i have yeah. to hear about jake ottinger all the time uh tucker <laughs> my little brother plays fantasy hockey and ottinger's his mm. goaltender and ottinger gets him a ton of points i guess i don't know um i hear about that all the time i also hear about carolina all the time uh, yeah i can imagine no so the stars is one team that i did get to see um in person and uh, i think maybe sagan had like two or something goals and it yeah. was and, you know, Jamie Ben, you know, you're not going to do anything against that. But yeah. that was a team that I saw in person. And I was like, okay, we might be able to squeak this one out, maybe. Yeah. No, it didn't happen. Absolutely not even close. Yeah. yeah. On uh, on my, uh, you mentioned fantasy hockey here. I've had some injury problems. Uh, uh, Josh Norris has been out on the IR. John Carlson's been out on the IR. Shea Theodore was out on the IR. We've had some injury problems for uh, Team John Hockey over here. But uh, the McKinnon-Maker duo that I drafted in the first round has been paying off a little bit. Um, and then my goalies are Bennington and Vanacek, uh, okay. Seattle and New Jersey. So do you have any thoughts on that? I think I put together quite the squad. Yeah, that's not bad. You sound like a Blue Jackets just hurt. Uh, I was wrong. Pete DeBoer is the one in Dallas now. I forgot that they hired him out of Vegas. Uh, Pete DeBoer is a good coach. Um, he's been to you know multiple Stanley Cup finals. He, he was there with the Sharks. He went with the Knights. and uh, Or no, he did not go with the Knights. That was Gallant, sorry. But he, he made some runs to the, fi- or the Western Conference finals with the Knights, and now he's down there in Dallas really making things happen. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't play fantasy hockey. I don't really understand it. I think it's interesting. Sounds like you tried to build a squad, didn't work out for you. Uh, maybe that was because your name was Teen John Hockey, and that's just how it's well, going. Well, we're 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 six, eight, and one right now. We're we're uh, what is that? We are fifth in the fifth out of eight, so we're hanging on. I feel like we can get up to the playoff spot and make some waves. I've got Sidney Crosby and Patrick Line too, so um, we'll see what what can happen. I got Larkin as well, so 
Yeah, that's that's not bad. That's not a bad lineup. Um, no. All right, let's move back over to. Well, if we if I could just have oh, one yeah. yeah go go one moment one moment for something that unfortunately Morgantown is not home to is NCAA college hockey. Oh yes, um, yeah, I know. Unfortunately, I'm, that is not the case here. I wish. I I have to say, I was excited about Adam Nightingale coming in. You know, the former uh, Spartan player in the 2000s. He's made his way up through USA hockey. I've got my USA Miracle on Ice Lake Placid shirt on right now. Oh, that's um, a beautiful thing. Wow. Indeed. Indeed. And he's, you know, he made some waves up uh, the boarding school that uh, produces some of the top talent. Um, the name's escaping me up in Minnesota where uh, Sidney Crosby came from. Yep. He uh, coached there, He and then he went and made his way up through USA Hockey. Now he's here at Michigan State. And, you know, last year was rough. We didn't win a game in 2022 the, after winter break until the last game of the season against Penn State. It was like a 13-14 game losing streak, if I remember right. And, you know, this season we've come in, we're 13-13-2. Seven and nine, seven nine and two in the conference, and I I love this team, man. It's fun to watch, and we've you know we had thirteen new guys, thirteen transfers and freshmen on a team. You throw that in there, that's you know you nobody was really expecting this to go as well as it has, and um, we're uh, somewhere around the twenties. We usually end up at around seventeen in the top twenty five. And college hockey in the Big Ten is something that's hard to break into with, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota. Penn State's had quite the year this yeah, year. Yeah. And we've got a, a series against Notre Dame, which is winnable. Um if we could sweep them here at home at Mon Ice Arena, then we go uh we're still home for Michigan on February tenth and then we have That'll the, be a fun game. The duel in the D, which I will be covering in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena against Michigan. Oh on man! The Saturday, the eleventh on ESPNU. So check that one out. Uh, but that's going to be the most exciting game, I think. If we could get that out, pull that off in Detroit, I wonder when the last time we won the duel in the D was, because I can't imagine that it was anytime soon the way that we've been playing. But I just, you know, there's high hopes here, and. We've got a good class. Nightingale was able to pull in some of his, uh, you know, USA players. Uh, flipped a goalie from Michigan, Trey Augustine. Very excited to see him come in next year. And I just wanted to wanted to get that out there to buy some stock in the Michigan State hockey team because every about every twenty years we win a uh, we win a national championship. It was nineteen sixty. Uh, I gotta pull out my pull out my hockey shirt here yeah let me know it was 1966 1986 and 2007 so we're coming up on the 20 year uh coming up on the 20 years maybe 2026 and uh all i'm saying is a dynasty is coming back to east lansing and it's going to be exciting we finish out the season with wisconsin so if we can win you know five of those last six games pick up one against Michigan, sweep Wisconsin and Notre Dame, which is no easy task. I think we're uh, definitely making it into the, into the, into the playoffs, which is something that we haven't done for quite some time. So that's uh that's awesome. I, I, I would love to have a college hockey team here that played NCAA hockey. Um, because right. I think it's a very underrated market and a very, very fun sport to have. 
Um, the club hockey stuff, it's just really, really hard to follow. Uh, right. You play so many games, you only play on the weekends, and it, that sort of, it's, it's, it's just a tough thing um, to cover alongside all of these other sports that I do. Um, right. And you know, I, I would, I would, not, I would love to do it, but uh, I, I'm happy for you. That's exciting. I might need to get one of those jerseys. I've seen some of them. They're very, very, very pretty. Um, oh yes, the script Michigan State yeah, is unlike any other. That's not bad at all. Um, so yeah, hopefully they can do that. I just looked. It's it's a five hour and eleven minute drive for me to get up there to Little <laughs> Caesars Arena. So I don't know if I'll be able to make that happen. I would love to make that happen. but uh, Yeah, well, I, I mean, you're going to see some one. of the best of college hockey if you do, but, you know, yeah, that, that, it's going to be a that, tough one. That's, that's awesome. So you get to go to the Little Caesars Arena. And, that's not bad at all. E. No, it's not. We're, we're very excited about that. And are you calling the game? No, we are filming it for the Spartan Sports Report, which you can check out on YouTube. Okay. Um, I'm a director as of this semester so we're, oh uh, yeah we're uh you, you're gonna you're gonna become content. spielberg one day <laughs> well maybe not that kind of director but <laughs> we're uh well actually i mean you know my double major is uh digital storytelling i'm in the documentary film production instead of the fiction film production nice you never know what could some sort of 30 for 30 something yeah ESPN yeah come on film. come on but we've got a yeah, we'll be there filming it. We're gonna shoot a stand up probably. There's gonna be a nice package about the whole day. Yeah, so, I will uh, I will definitely be checking that out. That is awesome, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it's gonna be really exciting. And uh LCA is a great place. I'm excited to have never been, so Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I love going to all the hockey arenas. Um I I think that honestly, unbiasedly, nationwide is still the best. And I, I mm. I'm not trying to be a homer there. I've been to quite a few. I've been to PPG in Pittsburgh, PPG, it's it's okay. Um, it's very very uh, vertical, if you understand yeah, what I'm saying. Um, I do. Where you you are almost on top of them because it's a, a tight arena. Now it holds about the same as nationwide. Uh, I think one of the worst is Capital One out in DC because it's built for the mm. NBA and not the NHL. Um, really, it's built for everything because the the uh, the WNBA team plays there. The Wizards play there. The Caps play there. I think that uh, some college teams have some games. I think Georgetown plays there sometimes. Um, right. You know, they, they have a lot of sports that play in and out of there. Uh, you know, Monster Jam comes there. I've been to Monster Jam out at Capital One Arena when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. I, I don't love that. Tampa's is fun. I, I do I do enjoy Emily, uh, especially the location of Emily right on the water. That's really tough to beat. But... As far as, you know, fan experience and the arena itself, the NHL-specific nationwide arena is very, very, very high on the list. They, they keep yeah. that place in great shape. Um, no, it's always fun. And seeing stuff. I've been to St. Louis, too, and there's this, there's this kind of similar to, you know, Tampa's and Columbus where it's NHL-specific. Right. It makes yeah, a big they, difference. I mean, I've only been to... Uh... I've I, only I, been to the Blue Jackets. I've only been to Nationwide Arena. Yeah, I, I've been but, down to. I forgot I went to the American Airlines Center last year too in the spring, uh, where Dallas plays, and, and that one's another right. one that's similar to Capital One, where it's NBA Pacific. Now I was in the lower bowl. I went for a watch party uh, when I was mm. down there covering the Big Twelve baseball tournament. It was Game yeah. Six of the Western Conference Final, Dallas and Golden State, and uh-huh. uh, you know they put eight or 10,000 people in there for the watch party. And we went cause it was wow. free and we sat lower bowl. I mean, it was, it was a very, very different arena uh, as far as the 
you know, corridors and that sort of thing go is very cool. Um, but you can also understand at the same time why Cuban wants to build something new. Uh, so I, I don't yeah, know. He's always doing something. Yeah. Know, the no the media center he built over at IU is pretty. Is it, pretty, is it, is it not bad? It's very nice. I, I've was, not, uh, I've not been to IU yet. I was at Penn state in December. Penn state's an interesting place because it's so out there. Um, right. It's kind of like where I am to. here in Morgantown, where it's like it's the college town, and that's what it is. I guess that's how East Lansing is, though. Yeah, I, yeah we have Lansing, but there's not very much over there. Yeah, I think that. that it's hard for us to comprehend that sometimes, just being from Columbus, right? And you have Ohio State so close, and right. Ohio State is Columbus, which is why I hate it. Um, but that's you know we we can talk about that a different time, or if you want to get into my hatred of Ohio State, we can do that too before we get into college basketball. I am relishing in what the Buckeye basketball team is doing, just so you know. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. We've got we've got. Uh, I believe that they are. Um, if I can go back, they're third. They're third to the, last in the Big Ten, I think. Yeah, no, they are. I'm trying to see. And, and they lost to Minnesota and Nebraska, so technically you could say they're the worst team of the Big Ten. Right. Um. They are. I mean, they I, had a little bit of a, a slide there at the end, but I'm just trying to look here real fast. Yes, they are our last game of the season. Okay. Um, is that is that season? Is that up there or at the shot? It's here. We play our in uh, three games from now, Sunday, February 12th. We play them at the shot. Okay. But Michigan State plays Ohio State. So are at, you are, are you going to make your way down from Detroit to Columbus for that game? Probably not. <laughs> um, you know, now that you've put that in my mind, though, yeah, no, it's going to happen pass. at this point. So, okay, that's it's fine. It's going to be that's going to be hard to pass up. But the eight a.m. on Monday comes a rolling. So, uh, oh gosh, Ooh. I'm probably. Uh, I don't know. You know, I got to say, Michigan State, the Breslin Center was built for basketball. Yeah, and it is one of the best atmospheres that I've ever been in. I know we're going to get into that in a second. We, we got to get you down here, buddy. The Mun Ice Arena only seats, you know, 6,000, about 6,500. 6,500, I'd say. It's all built, you know, it's kind of like underground a little bit. And if you see it from the side, it's like it goes down. Okay. They just put some beautiful renovations in to make a new uh, entrance gate and uh, with like a little bit of a Michigan State Hockey Hall of Fame, if you will, okay. um, little area. Uh, and a lot of new stuff for the players underground that you don't get that you don't see usually. I made a package for that on the Spartan Sports Report as well, going in through all of their new stuff. But that the college hockey barns are some of the most beautiful places. But Mun Ice Arena, the atmosphere is incredible because it's just for hockey, you know, sixty five hundred. Yeah. They sell out they've sold out, I think, every game this season. Um that's not bad. At least man. like the last thirteen games or something like that's that. That's cool. But you know, Ohio State, that was the one thing that I realized once I got here is the shot is built for everything, you know? Yeah, it's a multi The shot is built for, it, you know, concerts and comedian shows and then hockey and basketball, which kind of gets you away from the action a little bit. Of course, you know, Dave Chappelle didn't come to East Lansing on New Year's Eve to have a show at uh, the Breslin Center or anything, but that's the that's the trade-off that you get. It's built for basketball, the Breslin Center is, and yeah. I, you know, I have to say it, it, it shows and in basketball games, the atmosphere is just incredible. Well, that that's similar to what we got down here at the Coliseum. Right. We, we don't even have – it's it's the Coliseum. I mean, you know, you just say it and you're like, okay, all right, I got to go to that place. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I had uh, Carter Padella, our good friend. He goes to the mm-hmm. University of Alabama. And he was here one weekend and 
I took him over, and it was when Kansas was in town. You couldn't get much better atmosphere, I promise you, uh, yeah. at the Coliseum than when Bill Self's in town because uh, he's not a right. fan favorite. I'll just put it that way. And uh, <laughs> I can't imagine that he would be. Uh, yeah, no, if I were saying what the student section was chanting, we'd have to mute it. So, um, but, but Padella tells me, you know, Alabama, they were the number two team in the country. He goes to a lot of their games. But yeah. Alabama is a place where it's a one section. You know, it's not two. Coliseum's got two. It's got a lower bowl and an upper bowl kind of feel, right? And I'm sure the Breslin Center is the same way, where you've got, you know, 16,000, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think think 19,000 or so. Yeah, Yeah. I think that Alabama, you know, they do eight, similarly like the University of Miami and a lot of those other southern schools where it's a much smaller arena. Um, I I did go to the Rupp Arena for for a University of Kentucky game earlier this Mm. year when I was out there covering Mountaineer soccer in Lexington. And the Rupp is amazing. I've been there twice. I went to a political rally there one time in high school to cover it for the OHS Juice. Uh, right. Little name drop there. Shout uh, out. Yeah. And um, the Juice. So I went there for that, and then I went there for the Kentucky Howard basketball game, uh, mm. which was cool. And they, you know, had twenty thousand people in there, and it wasn't full because it seats twenty seven. Um, yeah. So that place, I mean, that's a mecca of college basketball there in Lexington, but it, it's right. a, it, it's amazing. Um, I mean, that's all they got out there. Yeah. Well, it's similar to here, kind of, where you have the Mountaineers, and that's it. Uh, when I when I describe West Virginia sports to people, I say because usually I'm talking to people who are from Columbus and are Ohio State people. I say, you know, the city or the population of the city of Columbus is about the state of West Virginia. It's probably more in the city of Columbus, actually. I say, you take all those people. You spread them out over a state, and then they still all come for game day. I say yeah. that, that that's how it is here. And the Coliseum has, I mean, the, the atmosphere is, is terrific. You've got people who are in their 80s uh, where I sit who have been season ticket holders their entire lives, and they chant right. back with the student section. I, it's it's <laughs> crazy what you can get when you have, you know, that sports-specific atmosphere. Yeah, uh, and, and that kind of leads into a conversation we wanted to have which is probably something only me and you really know about. Uh, and then maybe when we describe it to people, you will start to notice it. Um, but yeah. I was texting you because yeah. I have started to notice more and more now that arenas have the coaching staffs on different sides of the court and the cameras are on different sides yeah. of the court. So at, at West Virginia, you have press row behind the benches, right? And now we're up half a section, but we're behind uh-huh. the benches and the cameras are on the opposite side. So the state of West Virginia like logo and the WV logo half court are facing the cameras, so it looks right on TV. And then when ESPN is here, which is for most games now at this point because it's Big 12 play, you have the color commentator and the play-by-play guy, and they're the only two that are any part of the press on the opposite side of the coaches calling it from that angle. So you see it the same on TV, obviously. Right. So... um. At Michigan State, when you're watching, you see Izzo, right? His back's not to you, correct? Right. He's You can see him same across the court. Right. It's Michigan an across-the-court view. The Spartan logo is he's on the other side of the Spartan logo, and everything's facing the camera. Right. Okay. But then at Alabama, everything's facing the camera, but the benches are on the bottom, not the top of the court, if you're looking at it and you're thinking of it that way. So I've started yeah. to notice more and more that there's a lot of places that have the coaches on the bottom as well. And, that, you know, that's just an intricacy. We're like, oh, that's that's interesting. That's not how it is where I'm at uh, and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And then, like, 
You can also notice sometimes that the cameras are on the opposite side of the floor. So like at Oklahoma, for example, if you had the same camera set up at Michigan State or West Virginia, for example, uh, everything would be on the bottom of the screen, but instead they have the cameras on the opposite side of the arena. And, and so right. I think that, that you know, it's just a different view of the game completely. On TV, you might not think about it at first, but it really is. So instead of, you know, the team going from left to right, they're going from right to left. Right. Or, or something like that. And so I think that that's something fun to look at when you're watching uh, college basketball. It's like, oh, how do they have the camera? Now, that's just maybe a thing that me and you are interested in, but I don't know. It's something to talk about. No, it is. I think it is interesting. Um, it, I don't know of that many places that have the bench on the you know, that side, the bottom of the court, if you will. Yeah. I've been scrolling through pictures and I can't really find any other, any other places. I don't know. We were just talking about, <clears throat> you know, student sections and how yeah, they laid out with different yeah. schools. Yeah. How the, like, uh, here at the Breslin center, uh, we've got the student section wraps the entire court, except for a little bit. Um, the whole, like across from, the Spartan logo, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, all the way around is student section on the bottom row and the lower bowl, except for um, one little strip at the mid court line, which I guess is where all the expensive normal people tickets are. Okay. And then you've got a whole nother section up top with even more people all the way around. Um, kind yeah. of like about a third of the upper bowl all the way to the top where you can touch like the top, the back wall. Yeah. That's all the upper is zone where the poor freshmen and sophomores have to sit that didn't, you know, or people that are new to have buying tickets. I'm lucky enough to have gone to every game last season. So I got, you qualified. Uh, a I got a couple lower bowl tickets last year and then I'm all lower bowl this year. So that atmosphere has been more than fun, but, um, I don't know. Student sections are interesting, too. There's a lot of nuances to college basketball that you don't right. think about. Yeah. No, for us, um, uh, some of the, you know, they redid the Coliseum not too long ago, and they kind of changed it. And so it used to be um, opposite the benches, there is a whole bottom row, right? So it's the whole sideline on the far sideline away from where Huggins is. And then all the way up to the top. So, you know, that's five sections across or so. But, you know, it's Five or six thousand, almost probably, right. um, and so now they've changed it and they've cut out the middle of that essentially, and then it's seven sections up top in that bottom four um, that mm -hmm. is the standing room kind of stuff. So the students are jumping around and that sort of thing. So it, I, I don't love the way ours is. People love to talk about how it should wrap all the way around, but the way the Coliseum was built sixty or seventy years ago, it doesn't really afford that kind of atmosphere where you could have a wrap around kind of section. So right. I kind of get why they do it. I just wish that they would do something a little bit different. Um, but, you know, that's how it is here. And, and, you know, Ohio State's, theirs is like just behind the one baseline um, where the foul shots are taken in the second half by the away team. And yeah. it goes all the way up. And so, yeah, you know, that's something else to watch for when you're watching on TV is where are the students and how is their section built? Because it is definitely very, very interesting to me um, how, how it is. And that's another intricacy of college basketball. Let's actually talk college basketball now, Ethan. Um, yeah. You know, we mentioned some of it earlier as far as Michigan State and West Virginia go. But around the country, it, it, it's been a heck of a year, I think. And 
the Blue yeah. Bloods, they're, they're still struggling to adapt to this new kind of system. Yeah, I mean, Duke is struggling for sure without, uh, without Coach K. It's been uh, a tough year for them. And, you know, no one, I mean, everybody expected them to still be good with the classes that they still bring in despite, um, despite not having Coach K. But, you know, it's going to be hard when you've played with the same, the same people or the same, you know, coaching staff for that long. That's why I, I dread the day that Tom Izzo retires and I hope it never happens because <laughs> he is the best and he's the life and soul. He's probably the most impactful Spartan to come to Michigan state. Um, but that's just, what's going to happen when you have somebody like that get out. Obviously Purdue only one loss. Um, yeah. Zach Eady. Oh, it's just, well, we, yeah, I we mean, were, let's talk about him for a second. Cause we were, we yeah. were talking about him. And yeah. we played him pretty tight. We got into some foul trouble when we played him in November. And I've watched a couple of Purdue games since then. And uh, I was watching the game where you guys played them, and I was texting you throughout it. And yeah. you were obviously there, so you were busy, which is obvious. Like, you know, if you're texting me during a Mountaineer game, I'm not going to be able to really text you back. But I right. was frustrated for you as I watched that game because if you're seven foot four, and the best big man you have guarding him is 6'10", let's say. Yeah. There's no chance, and then you call touch fouls and that sort of thing. You know, I I I was talking to somebody, uh, one of my friends who, who's a big basketball guy, and I was like, you know, he's similar to Shaq, and he was like, no, he's not. And I said, yes, he is. It, it, I'm not saying he's the same player, no chance. But uh-huh. and the fact that how do you officiate a guy that is this big that doesn't even have to jump to touch the rim? Right. Like it, it is very difficult, and I think that. You know, depending on what officiating staff you're going to get is going to be how he's going to be able to play in that game. Because the Spartans were getting called for what seemed like touch fouls underneath the rim against him, and there was no way to guard him. And this kid makes every free throw, too. So, you know, he's getting and one after and one opportunity and converting them. And what, you know, Matt Painter has done, you have to applaud. And at the same time, college basketball has got to figure out a way to officiate this guy during the NCAA tournament. Right. No, it's going to be – it's tough. And I never complain about the refs, but ever. Oh, but buddy, Big 12 watching, basketball, that's all you do. Watching watching Zach Eady, Mati Sissoko has not uh, – you know, he there was just a piece on him yesterday about how he came over uh, from Africa to uh, play high school basketball. He had a basketball hoop. Uh and his like village in Mali is very, very interesting story. If you want to see the Spartans all access that they just did on him. Um, but yeah, he's only about six ten, six eleven, Right. And he has not, I mean, Zach Eady hasn't been playing basketball that long either to be, to be real, but that man is seven, four. We watched, he hooked Monty Sissoko's arm in when he had the ball and threw him to the ground and they called a foul on Mati Sissoko. Yeah. How do you guard that? He has he has maybe one foul a game. There's probably, I think he's averaging like less than one foul a game. Yeah. And for some reason, I mean, against Michigan State, we have Jackson Kohler, who's a freshman, and he's, you know, I'd really like to see him playing in more of the four spot because he can shoot, uh, you know, these Dirk fades. And uh, he's big. I He's a good center. But against Zach Eady, it's just not fair. And Carson Cooper is a freshman that we have that was supposed to redshirt this year. And he's playing full minutes just because of what we need there. That is why Michigan state 
he's put up two straight career highs on us. 38 points last Dude, game. Dude, yeah, 38. And, what do you have, 38 and 14 or something? Yeah, so so he scored <laughs> over 70 points on us in two games, which is just – and we didn't score 70 points in either of those games. So <laughs> oh, it's just it's just tough. And that's something that, you know, it will be interesting to see how other officials, you know, call that. But he's not just good because he fouls people and gets fouled. You know, he's still going to – even if they do start hacking down on him – in uh, the tournament, he's still going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they have Indiana on Saturday, who I think is one of the few teams that could beat them in the Big Ten right now with Trace Jackson Davis playing really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously I don't like to admit that either here in the Big Ten, but hopefully, I don't know. I I would love to see Michigan State rally. As I said, we had some injuries in the first half of the year and win the Big Ten tournament, but somebody's going to have to beat Purdue for us. I think that's the only team that we really can't beat at this time. And a lot of the country, I mean, they're the only team with one loss, uh, with only one loss. And, you know, Houston has two. So Purdue has been a force. Yeah, you, you, you are completely right about that. And it, again, is like, okay, well, nobody wants to play Purdue. Um, right. But, you know, the old saying is that the Big Ten doesn't matter because they're only a regular season conference. Right. The last national title the Big Ten's won was Michigan State's, and do you remember when that was? 2000. So were we alive? No. Okay. And the Big Ten's had quite a few number one seeds. Now, High State got close in 2008, uh, the year they lost to Florida in football and basketball in the national title. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that's Michigan a shame. State's, that's Michigan a shame. State's been to five Final Fours since then, or four Final yeah. Fours. And, 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 I mean, 2020, the, the year that the year that didn't happen, the 2020 year, when we had Michigan State had Cassius Winston, and yeah, uh, they were going to be the number one seed, only a couple losses in the regular season, and that shut everything down. I feel like that was the real chance, but... Well, you know, that was the year, too, for Dayton. We got a lot of friends at Dayton. I was hoping that that tournament happened just for those Yeah, that guys. was the Obi, the Obi Toppin uh, yeah. era. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, the Big 12, they've got six teams in the top 15. Uh, so there you go. Just take that yeah. for what it's worth. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at the Ken Palm rankings right now. And uh-huh. Purdue is number three in the country in the Ken Palm. It's Houston and Tennessee first. Now, I don't know when these were updated. Probably at the beginning of the week, I think, is when he does them. Um, yeah. because obviously Tennessee drops to Florida last night and that sort of thing. So whatever. But, you know, my team, West Virginia, we're number 19 in the country on the Ken Palm. And so that gives me a lot of hope for us. Uh, but the Ken Palm rankings are not exactly what I think many people would expect when you look at them because it, it is based off of how you perform as a team actually. So, you know, right. you've got teams like Creighton uh, in there. And Creighton, you know, they were a top-ten team at one point this season, but they've kind of fallen out. Uh, Connecticut's number six in the country, according to the Ken Palm, and, and UCLA's up there at four. So I think that's very interesting. Um, and Arkansas closes out the top 20. You don't have um, a Big Ten team in the top 20 other than Purdue, I think. Oh, Rutgers is in there as as well. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I think that it's really interesting. And then you look at bracketology, and it doesn't really match this, which is something because usually the computers are a big part of what makes the field of 68 I guess is what it is now right so um, yeah. I, I, I don't know there's a lot of games left obviously and there's a lot of 
tournaments, right? And, and those are the big things where you can see a team going to run in a tournament, make an automatic qualifying bid, and oh, okay, well now now what's going to happen, right? And, and right. so that changes a lot of things too. But with only about nine games to go in everybody's regular season, there's a lot uh, of stuff to look at and think. Well, gosh. I don't know how this is going to go. The last four in, according to Lenardi, right now are uh, Pitt, Penn State, Kentucky, and Oklahoma. So Kentucky's finally coming back a little bit. West Virginia is one of the last four buys, which is a good sign to me. Um, yeah. But let, let's see. Let me see where Michigan State is in this. Uh, Usually we're around somewhere around seven. Yeah, you're a seven nine. seed right now playing Boise State in the first round to play Arizona most likely after that. And then you'll probably end up meeting Rutgers or Illinois. There's quite a few Big Ten teams in that one. So, I, I, I you know, there's just so much basketball left at the same time where you're like, okay, you never know what's going to happen because you have nights like last night where you see a top two team go down and you're like, okay, that's going to change some things. And the top 25 has relatively been the same, I think, for most of the year. It's just kind of shifting around throughout it. And, and you know, we yeah. were talking about the Alabama-Oklahoma game earlier where Alabama gets killed on the road by 30 to an unranked Oklahoma team who's in the tied for last place in the Big 12, and they only dropped to number four. They were number two. And, you know, you're like, what? How, what is the math there? And, yeah. and that sort of thing. And so I think that it's a, it's a wild time in college basketball, um, I think it's going to be hard for somebody to upset Purdue. But then at the same time, it's if Zach Eady gets into foul trouble and can't play, well, then Purdue's going to lose. Right. So I don't know. It, it's wild. We're going to be able to talk more about that as we see more throughout the season. I think right now, you know, you, you can say <sighs> Tennessee's probably a top seed, even though they lost last night. I think that they're a really good basketball team. Purdue's obviously a top seed. And then after that, you're going to have to wait and see, I think. Yeah, Alabama's shown some. Yeah. Just like, I, I mean. If, if Alabama team, goes and wins the SEC tournament, I guess you could say they're a one seed rather than Tennessee, but then that drops Tennessee out of it. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it all shakes out. The best game I've ever seen in person, well, one of the best games I've ever, the best non-Michigan State game that I've seen before I was uh, in college uh, in-person college basketball was Purdue, Tennessee in the 2018 um, March Madness tournament. I believe it was like the Sweet 16 Yeah, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky at the Yum Center. Oh, and, uh, old Colonel Sanders place, yeah. That's right, the the house that the Colonel built. <laughs> and, um, and that was an incredible game. So Purdue and Tennessee, two teams that uh, – I think that that would be a very interesting matchup if they played today as well. So I don't really know. I don't. It, it's just like every time that you think somebody has a strong, you know, head of steam, they lose to somebody random, like Oklahoma beating to Alabama. So I'm interested to see how it all ends. But I, it's just hard to make a prediction at this point. You know, you, you can predict other sports, like we predicted the NHL and. You know, we could be completely wrong. But no, I just, yeah. I just don't even have a prediction at all right now. No, and that's how what this will I think end that, up. That, that's what makes it so fun. I mean, right. that's why it's so damn fun when March comes and you are watching it while you're in class and you're doing all of that sort of stuff and you're like, "Good Lord, come on, let's go." There's nothing better than uh, March Madness, and you know, college basketball's ratings have kind of dropped off. I think a little bit um, from what I've seen in some numbers and that sort of thing, and it's like. You're missing out. I, yeah. I would much rather watch college basketball than just about any other sport other than maybe the NHL playoffs. 
I think college basketball is right up there. Yeah, no, you know you're going to get a good game every time. And right, the, in, in the I mean, environment. it's infinitely better than the NBA, in my opinion. Oh, I, I 100% agree. And I think, too, college basketball, there's more of a chance where it's not always, you know, I think it's changed over the last couple of years, and now with NIL for sure in the transfer portal, where it's not just Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Right, and, and you know that's that's the big knock I have for college football is that the top is such the top that there's nobody else that can really break into it. Right, right. Um, and, and so with college basketball, you don't really have that the same way you used to. I don't think. I think now you see a lot of teams that are you know between a three and nine seed make some runs and that sort of thing, right. which is really really fun because you know it's not always about just winning the national title it's about winning three or four games in march and seeing what the heck happens um right and and i think you're right you know on a tuesday in january the environment is is what it would be for a playoff game right and it's just it's just so fun and you, you you're right you never know what is going to happen and i think that's what makes it so great yeah i i completely agree with you there all right well Let's really quickly talk about the Super Bowl and what's going to happen. I'm probably going to watch it because everybody watches it. I couldn't care who wins, though. I don't know how you feel. No, I agree with you. I was uh, I was excited for the Bengals to get in again. You can't say that. Fan. Come on, don't say that. Oh, come on! You don't want to see. You would rather see the Chiefs. You would really rather see the Chiefs. No, I hate get the into Chiefs. The Super Bowl. Exactly. I hate everybody that's not wearing black and gold. So, <laughs> well, I would rather at least see. Somebody different. Yeah, no, okay. That's, I like Joe Burrow. That's fine. I, you know I love Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, I, exactly. I, when we were juniors in high school, literally, I, I have the tape of it. In September, I said Joe Burrow was going to win the Heisman. And I bought a DHK Joe Burrow jersey LSU. It's hanging in my room at home. That. I do remember that. I, I, I should have. If sports gambling would have been legal then, I would have told somebody to bet Joe Burrow. No, I, 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 I could have paid for college. Said. I think I made fun of you when you said Yeah, I said Joe Burrow's going to win the Heisman. I I, I have loved Joe Burrow um, for a long time, and now he plays for the team I hate the most, most like. I I mean, somebody asked me about AFC North football, and I said, they said, who's the Steelers' biggest rival in the North? And I said, whoever they're playing that week. It doesn't, every game is like that. You know, I I just, I I hate the Bengals so much. Yeah. That's the story. Like I, I, I love Joe, but they lost that game, and I just sat there laughing. I, I was with one of my buddies, and I was. He was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yes." The Bengals are going to bangle. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Zach Taylor was just Marvin Lewis. It doesn't matter. I don't care. They're the same thing. They don't do anything don't for can, me. I don't know if you can say that. Yeah, you can. If Marvin Lewis yeah. would have had Joe Burrow, he'd have the same success right now that he's having. I, I, it I doesn't don't matter. Know about that. Joe Burrow's making the coach. That. If Joe Burrow wasn't who he was, Zach Taylor wouldn't have a job. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, no, I mean, you know I'm I right. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I just don't think that. Marvin Lewis had Andy Dalton. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If he would have Joe Burrow in this team, he'd be doing the same thing they're doing now. It doesn't matter. They're the Bengals. They suck. I don't care. I, I, well, you, Steelers Twitter was so happy after that game. My cousin, he's from Cincinnati, he called me and he was crying, and I was just laughing on the phone with him. You know, Chris Rory's another good friend of ours. I, uh, I sent him the Jeremy Hill fumble, just the video of it, just, <laughs> j- just to rub it in a little bit more. He said, well, you weren't in the AFC. Hey, it, don't, it doesn't matter. You didn't win it either, right? right? At that point, it doesn't matter. Well, um, so. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, 
I'm at the point now where it's just so hard to continue to root for the Browns. I think that you're allowed to make a change. I well, that's what I'm feeling is that I think it, I mean because you're a Reds fan anyway. Yeah, but it's not going to be the Bengals. I can't root for the AFC North if it's. Oh, you're just going to drop completely out of the North. It remains to be seen. I don't know who else I would go to. I don't really. I like. I'm okay with everybody. Um, Maybe the Colts. Just uh, my roommate's a Colts fan, and if they get Stroud, that might be fun for you. I don't think I can do that with them. The the journey that they're on is not great. (laughs) It's just Cleveland, but two more wins a year. You mean? Yeah, I mean this year it was even worse, but yeah, I just I don't know. I think I might just have to become somebody that watches the NFL every week and enjoys, and you know, it's probably honestly healthier if you just wa- enjoy watching games and <laughs> don't have any attachments. But I don't know. The Browns are just at a point. Once they got Deshaun Watson, I was like, I don't know that I really, you know, want to see that play out. And obviously, they're terrible, and they have given away their entire future for this man that has such a questionable past that you're. It's and there's nothing other than this coming up soon in the foreseeable future with every single number one pick gone. So I think it might be time to just you know go out on my own journey for a little bit, walk into the woods and see if I come out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, know. my you, next you, favorite team is the Cowboys, and I don't. Oh no, no, stop it! Exactly. Stop I mean, it. I've been a fan of Dak and Zeke for a while. Shut up. I, no, I could not watch the Cowboys as no. a fan of the Cowboys. No, so. no, stop. You're not allowed to do that. I'm vetoing that. No way. I know. That's God, what I'm saying. That's disgusting. That's what I'm saying. I forgot you have that stupid Zeke jersey you used to. Oh, that's Well, horrible. it's like a it's like an adult medium, so yeah, I don't well, You, you can't wear time. it anymore, but God, that's disgusting. Well, it's, it's better than my than my Jarvis Landry Browns jersey 2012 throwback. I don't even well, know. Hit up DH Gate this offseason. Get you a Miles yeah, that's Garrett. What, Get you a Miles my, Garrett, and you'll be fine. My next, uh, my DH gate list right now is Johnny Gaudreau. I need a, feel like I need a Blue Jackets jersey because my only hockey jersey is a Whalers Sebastian Ajo jersey. Um, what a pick. Michigan State basketball jersey. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and I've been, you know, the more that I get into the West Ham Hammers. Oh, yeah. In the Premier League, yeah. who are still in the FA Cup. Thank you very much. Way to go. Facing, yeah, my, my... Facing on Man U in the next round next week. You know, I, I used to love Man City when I was a little kid, just because they were on TV, right? And so I liked them. But I had my buddy last year. He was an exchange student from England, and he got us on the Norwich City train. And, of course, they got relegated. <laughs> but uh, Canary Road, baby. Josh Sargent, let's go. We're getting back up, Okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not worried about it. I love Canary Road. Old Yellow. Let's go. Um, on Hammers. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. I, I got a Josh Sargent. Come on. For now. Probably not much yeah. longer. No, no, I, he played great um, coming into the World Cup. Uh, yeah, I can't blame you. No. I, I, hopefully we'll get back. I don't know. The owner doesn't have very much money. That's what Ollie would always tell me. So... <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. I just love rooting for awful franchises, I guess. The oil money that wins. Something like that. Ask Phil Mickelson, right? I guess so. 63 days till the Masters! And I think that's where we have to end it <laughs> off for today. It's your Masters oh, countdown. Golly. Next week. Golly. Next week it'll be 59, or it'll be, uh, next week it'll be, 
Well, if we do it on the same day, it'll yeah. be 56 days till the Masters, so. I cannot wait. You know, they were, uh, I forget what we were doing. And my whole family was in town, and we were all, I was smoking something. I smoked duck over break. I should have had you over to have some. Um, mm. It was something. It was all right. That I don't sounds know. good. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't bad. Um, something different. Yeah, we did a pork roast with it, too. You know, uh, that's my favorite thing to do is cook, and I can't really do that here. I've been working with yeah. making, making chili and stuff like that, stuff I can do in my apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out if there's a way that I could create a ventilation suction tube and just push that out the window and be able to have a black stone in my apartment. Um, well, all I can say is that you'll be the only college student trying to get a ventilation system in their apartment for cooking. Well, I, I think that I could just buy, you know, that silver tube thing that they have, you know, like an air duct thing, and uh, have like two or three box fans going and just blowing all that smoke that way. I think that would work. That's where you have to live and sleep, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I have like a full apartment. I have a door to my bedroom. I have my own room. I, I think it's fine. Well, I think it might be worth it. Yeah, I, I, I've got a... We've got, like, blockers on the window that you can only open them two inches, but I can just take those out with a screwdriver. I guess they don't think people are smart or something. I think I could make that happen. Oh, well, good come luck on. to you. Come, come down for some hibachi here. Um, mm. God, what were we talking? I got off track there. We were talking about the Masters, oh, Yes, yes. So we were watching, I don't remember what it was, something on ESPN, and you heard the uh, George on my mind come on, and I made everybody be oh. quiet. And we all just looked at the TV, and they showed the azaleas, and they showed yeah. the clubhouse, and I just get chills thinking about it right now. Well, because that was the discussion that we had is that the Masters have to have the best branding out there. Oh, dude, it's not even close. The commercials close. say nothing. The commercials say nothing. It's just shots of the beautiful the area. If there is one event I could ever incredible. go to, and I could never go to anything again, it would be Augusta, and it would not even be close for me. Well, it's and probably never going to happen. I would spend my entire bank account on gear there and just wear it every day. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. I, I, yeah. I, I got a t-shirt online somebody was selling on eBay. And um, this was before everything has happened with the, what is that called over there in Saudi Arabia? What's the new tour called? The Live. The Live. I don't hate Phil Mickelson still. Phil was my favorite. And I right. got a shirt from the year he won. And so I wear that every Masters. Four yeah. days straight. Don't care. Don't take it off. I don't care. Um, no one can blame you. No, no. I mean, I'm just watching it by myself. Nobody's going to come watch golf with me. Are you kidding me? But I'm going to sit there and not turn it off. I'm going to have it on my computer and my second TV as well. We're having every, yeah. you know, Amen Corner on. Every, every, every angle. Every come on. Group. And you, Feed know, you get all the people back for it too because they don't, they don't, you know, they don't care if what tour you're in. And, and it's so listenable too because it's Jim Nance without Tony Romo. <laughs> That's going to be another talk for another day. Good God, is it awful with But Romo. all I can say is that uh, from my fourth floor here, dorm in East Lansing, all I can see is snow. Yeah. And, you know, the Groundhog saw its shadow today. Happy Groundhog Day. Oh, did it really? I didn't even look. And, yep, so we got six more weeks of winter. Pucks a Tony Phil, you suck. All that I can say, just like the rest of everything in Pittsburgh, oops, um, all I can say is that I just need to get back out there, you know, out on the clubs. My clubs have been sitting here with a cover over them for for four months now, and there's nothing that we can do. The range is still open here at the the university, so I got to go sometime, but it's just not the same as going out and playing. I'll tell you a quick, quick story. Carter Padell, we've already mentioned him today, goes to the University of Alabama down there in Tuscaloosa. He called me on Saturday, uh-huh. and he said, look what I'm doing. And I said, 
Well, he first he texted me and get, said, guess what I do? And I said, I have no idea. What, are you at the Alabama basketball game? He said, no, and he calls me. And he's in freaking Mississippi playing golf. Oh. He drove an hour to go over there where it wasn't raining or something, I guess, and he played <laughs> around, and I was so jealous. He said, yeah. the course is in awful condition, but I don't care. I'm out here with an Arnold Palmer playing golf. And I said... Oh, that just, there's nothing in the world that really sounds better than going to do that right now. I agree with you completely. My goodness. All right, 63 days till the Masters. That'll do it for this show. Uh, we're back here, Spartan Year. It's going to be dropping weekly, maybe even twice we a week. We are back. You, you never know. Twice a week, it could happen. As we cutting down to March Madness and things are going to be happening and that sort of thing, we've got the ability to record this in a ton of different ways now. So uh, it, yes. it, it is definitely going to continue, and we are so yes, excited to be back. Like us. Like us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Um, you know, rate us if you're listening out there. So yeah, you know, get us going. Two college students, uh, so might as well give us five right, stars. Uh, you know, we are multinational now, uh, as they say. We have yep. listeners in Singapore. I saw that. Uh, I posted that flashback episode. Ethan, number 62 on the golf charts. I don't yeah, even know if we mentioned golf once to, in that episode, but hey. I think we're going to have to start talking about it more. That might have been the live... We had a whole episode. Yeah, that's true. Lyrics, that's too. true. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, just uh, give us some support on uh, whatever platform. Yeah, share it with on. everybody. It's fun. I know they'll that be listening is. back there in Lewis Center, buddy. Can't wait no to always. see you back then. Yep. All right. Be back and something will come of it. Yeah, sure. So we'll go play some golf. Let's go. All right. We'll be back next week. This has been the Spartan Year with Tanner and Ethan.